Welcome to Slaying the Sale, a podcast full of practical real-life sales lessons that you wish you learned in business school. Your host, Kyle, is a two-time best-selling author, creator of the Slaymaker Method, and in each episode, he and his guests will be answering the tough questions around sales, lead generation, and all things business to help you transform your sales mindset and move you closer to achieving your financial goals. Now, let the class begin. Here's your host, Kyle Slaymaker. everybody welcome back to another episode of slaying the sale i am your host kyle slaymaker and we're just going to get right into it we have the ever so awesome tim calice with us today tim go ahead tell the world about yourself i uh, appreciate you uh you having me kyle looking forward to uh to the conversation so uh, uh my name is tim calice i am a coaching consultant based in uh, outside of boston massachusetts uh and have had kind of a storied career, uh, started in finance, raised $350 million for a, uh, uh, a financial firm that I was, uh, that I helped grow and then parlayed that into a fitness, uh, uh, spent some time in fitness and tech enabled fitness. And then most recently was partners with, uh, Alex and Layla Hormozzi over at gym launch, uh, which, uh, was a company that we, that grew from uh, zero to about 50 million a year in revenue. And then in just a, sh- a short couple of years. Uh, and now taking my 20 years of experience, uh, the, the highs and lows, uh, including all the bumps and bruises along the way to uh, uh, to help the next round of kind of business owners and entrepreneurs be successful, condense time and and hopefully avoid some mistakes that, uh, that we can see coming. Oh, well, this is going to be a good podcast. I can feel it already. So how'd you get linked up with Hormozy? So I, uh, my wife and I signed on with a concept called Coco Fit Club, K-O-K-O Fit Club back in uh, 2009. Uh, we, my wife and I met as division one athletes. Uh, we were, so we always into fitness, always into health. Uh, and this was our way to kind of build the bridge, uh, in the, t- in the fitness space in hopefully a better way for people to, uh, get healthier and, and, and stay healthy over the course of time. So it started that in 2009, launched in 2010, uh, and then 2017, 2018 got introduced to Alex at the beginning of gym launch, uh, and then 2019, uh, actually came on board uh, shortly thereafter to help uh, build the business and then uh, help lead a couple of divisions. Uh, we had a, a supplement brand, a consulting company, uh, as well as a, a SaaS product, a, a technology product that helped uh, more leads uh, be nurtured properly to be able to show up for their uh, their appointments inside the gym. So Beautiful. it's been, was a, was a great experience and uh, obviously uh, learned, a, learned a lot uh, and, uh, uh, we'll, we'll value those, uh, that experience for, for quite a long time. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. So tell us more about what you do. Like what you said, you're also in the coaching consulting space. Uh, that's a space obviously that I know very well and nearly and dearly because yeah. I'm in that space too. Although that's a pretty broad term coach consultant. Yeah. Um, do you have a niche? What specifically do you consult for? I do. So uh, specifically around service-based businesses, uh, generally kind of between 500,000 a year and 3 million a year in revenue. So existing businesses that are looking to scale, uh, typically double or triple, uh, with an eye towards having the option to sell or do some kind of financing round or or liquidity event uh, inside the next kind of three years or so. So I kind of take my investor uh, hedge fund experience married that with uh, with the with uh, being a multi-time operator uh, and helping build really high cash flow businesses that that can sell for maximum value that's fantastic do you have any uh actually we'll, we'll spin it this way what's your favorite experience during your time in consulting 
my favorite experience. So right now I'm working with a guy who I absolutely adore. Uh, actually is doing, he started doing when we were, he was doing about 65,000 a month in revenue. Uh, and now we're just past, we'll probably do 130,000 this month. Uh, simply it's an e-commerce based business, but we've just Im improved the way uh, that we position the business. So I'm a big believer in uh, the three P's. So using price, product and positioning to create your, to, to allow yourself to stand out inside the marketplace. And fitness is a great example of that. Uh, and some of the, the things that we we did at Gym Launch uh, are, are reflective of, of those tenants. So uh, that's probably my, I just love working with great people. Uh, and I take, uh, kind of align myself with with folks that have big dreams and and ones that I can bring my network and my experience to to bear to to help them grow faster or uh, uh, or get to the goal you know with with less bumps along the way. That's that's fantastic. You said something that um, I, I haven't heard of the three P's in a while. Um, you know, price, product, and placement or positioning, as you've used it as. Um, why don't you go into a little bit on each? for our listeners today, because I feel it's an often forgotten facet of business. I think so many entrepreneurs, at least in the, the smaller business sector, get really, really bogged down with all of the other stuff that they don't really think too much about the three Ps. So I think it would be a really good opportunity for you to try to drop some knowledge. So even within those, if you look at, there are five core functions of a business. There's lead generation, which I think people spend a lot of time on. There's lead nurturing. So now you've gotten some interest. How do you get that person onto a sales call or some kind of conversion event, which is the third piece? How do you convert them into being a paying client or being in your world? The fourth is uh, product delivery or service delivery, depending on your, your business. And the last is resale and assumption and, and ascension, excuse me. So how do you keep them long-term? Uh, so two things that are super important uh, for, for everyone to understand. The first is I believe in the idea of recurring revenue, because I think today the, the things that matter today are uh, the idea of trust and attention. So right now it's, super, it's really easy to go on Instagram and say, I can do all these great things to try to capture attention and make wild claims, but they're completely BS. So if you have the goods, you should show, not tell. And if you're going to be able to put yourself in a position to attract attention and do it authentically, you can do that in a way that you need a great conversion offer on the front end. And so I work with people to create a profitable customer pipeline. So we turn the variable cost of acquiring a customer into a consistent profit center. That's the first, and that's a financing uh, event as well. And then the second is the hardest part is just to get that attention and build that trust. Once you have it, you should figure out ways to continue to solve the next problem for your core customer so that you can drive longevity of relationship. So that's measured in things like lifetime value of a customer uh, and churn. So I work with business. I mean, we used to work with uh, a dentist. And you would say a dentist doesn't have recurring revenue. Well, it's like, absolutely they do. You can create all sorts of recurring revenue streams. We had a mattress store uh, that we worked with uh, and they said, well, you know, I just sell a mattress. What, what kind of recurring revenue can I generate? And it's like, well, you don't sell mattresses. That's not the core product. You sell better sleep. So if you think about it that way, what else do you need to deliver upon the promise of better sleep? 
Do you know you should cycle out your pillow every six months? Do you know, you know, the, the spray that gives you the right, you know, olfactory experience to have better sleep? Is it, you know, the, the pillowcase, what other consumables can we think about? Maybe it's consultative, you know, consultative, uh, you know, so there's all sorts of ways to do it. And that's what I work with clients on is so for, for pricing, positioning and product are the levers that you use to stand out in the marketplace and maximize lifetime value. I love it. I, I think there is so, there's such an under, I don't want to say underappreciate. maybe underappreciation is the right way to say it. Um, here in central PA, you don't see a lot of understanding for recurring revenue. Um, and maybe, maybe not even so much the understanding, but more of a misunderstanding on how to gain that recurring revenue. And you've had a great example with that, with the mattress store. Okay. Cycle out your pillows every six months. You can do consultative work and stuff like that. It's such a smart model to have. What advice do you have for, we'll say maybe the solopreneurs that are trying to figure out how to gain that recurring revenue that are doing more physical based products? Yeah. So the first thing that is, and I, I've got a great worksheet for anybody who's listening, I'll drop it at the end. Uh, if there's show notes, I'll put it in there. Um, but I call it my revenue expander. So the idea is what things can you offer your client or, or customer that costs you basically zero, that has super high margin, but high real or perceived value. Now, the easiest one is access have any kind of customer that's around a common goal, offer them access to a community, uh, access to you. If you're a problem solver, you know, so this, this could look something like you have a private Slack channel, you have a, a VIP or inside, you know, inner circle, uh, you know, weekly or, or bi-weekly or monthly uh, round table, whatever it might be. If you're B2B, that's a great strategy. If you're B2C, it could be ongoing support. So, you know, the warranty idea, the, you know, there's all sorts of ways for you to say, you know, I will, I will help make sure that you get the value out of whatever it is that you're trying to get to. Those are the super easy ones. You know, I think we get caught up in, I have to have all these products and we have to manufacture stuff and, you know, think about, I'm happy to, to, to kind of give, go into, go into further detail, but you know, the things that are generally digital products or purely access are the best places to go next. Yeah, and they'll drive tremendous value to you as the business. Yeah, yeah, it's it's such a it's such an important thing to realize, especially as I mean, whether you're looking to scale and you're at a hundred million or ten million, or you're just looking to grow as a solopreneur, it's so incredibly important to have that recurring revenue. Um, so let's keep going with the with the knowledge dropping. This is this is going really good, Tim. Um, Fantastic. Best sales advice that you can give we'll say just any business owner in general, or even just if you're a salesperson? Uh, know the problems of your customer better than they do. And you probably heard this, and if not, it is probably the best advice I ever received. And the biggest light bulb that ever went off for me was, uh, somebody said, and I'm paraphrasing, you know, the win is when you can articulate their, their problems Yeah, you're you're absolutely right. Taking them on that journey to get them to realize they have a need behind the need. That surface level need is yeah. always just top level. And the real good stuff is when you get big and figure out what that need, getting it solved will actually mean to the client. So that's perfect. Yeah, yeah. Um, spot on. Yeah, wow. Man, we're, we're hitting hard and we're only 15 minutes into the recording. I'm impressed. Um, Love it. 
So it, it also, you, you brought up Hormozy earlier in the podcast, and then you said something that reminded me of an episode of, that I, of his podcast that I just heard where he was talking about um, basically, you know, find that one thing you're really good at and then sticking with it for a little bit, sticking with it for a while. Don't really just branch out because like you said, people get so bogged down and they need all these different products and all these different offerings. When in reality, you really don't, you really need, I mean, at a minimum, that just one good core offer. So how would you go about helping businesses structure that core offer? So if you're just starting out, uh, there's a concept that basically says, you know, you've got, it's like the, the power of ones or some version thereof. So it's one product, one channel, one offer, one year. So for the first year, businesses don't fail out of scarcity. They typically will fail out of gluttony. You're trying to do too much too soon. And I think there's this perception of more equals better. And the longer you play this game, you realize it's actually not more is more. It's less is actually significantly more, especially when it's targeted. So that first offer, uh, and I'll, I'm a generalist in, in practice. So this was really actually tough for me along the way because it's like, well, I can solve 17 different problems. Yeah. I want to solve them all at the same time. And they're all connected and things like that, right? One of the things that I would recommend you do is get out of your current environment. If you're sitting behind your computer, if you're in your office, if you sit in the same place, go somewhere else. I'm in the Northeast. It's halfway decent outside. Go take a walk. Go sit by the beach. Go sit and go, go somewhere, pen and paper. And think about the problems that you want to solve and who you want to solve them for. And when you're done with that, pick one. And you're, the next question you might say is like, well, how do I choose one? Pick one. Start somewhere. And from there, once you have an idea of what problem you want to solve and who you want to solve it for, the idea of the offer is how can you deliver the most amount of value for, the fir for that one problem, for that one person, as simply as you possibly can. And you will, that's how you deliver value. And from there, you've hooked them in, you've started to show that you can provide value, then you will be the trusted resource for the next problem. And that's, that's how you build it. That's how you scale a business. You don't sit behind a computer trying to solve 17 problems before you've gotten off the starting line. Uh, it just doesn't work that way. No, that's, that's perfect. And, and again, I, there's so many out there. I see it all the time where People are just offering tons and tons and tons of stuff. It's like a jack of all trades, master of none situation. Yep. So I'm, I, I love it. Exactly. Man, that's really good. What you also said something that I, that I've, I found really good and that you said businesses don't fail out of, you know, scarcity, they scale out of, or they fail out of gluttony. Um, yep. What's some advice that you have for those that are maybe thinking, well, how can I have, I'm already marketing myself as doing all of these things and I have all these different products. How, what advice could you give Tim to be able to help them narrow down what that one bigger one could be? And I know we just said the one about going out already and, and making a list and just doing it that way. But what would you say to the business owner who has a little bit of fear of maybe thinking, well, I'm, I'm going to lose most of my product mix. Yeah. So the things you want to look for, I, I think we can all agree that hard work is not the anti or is that it's not the, the, the goal. That's just, everybody's going to put work in, right? So you have to look for where are the points of leverage that you can use to your, in your favor. 
So if you're looking across that product, if you are having, if you have an existing business and you have multiple products, yes, you're probably going to cut a product. You're going to cut your product mix, but guaranteed one or two of those products probably represents the majority of the value that you're delivering. So you can see this all the time with physical products. You know, I have 27 SKUs. Okay, I guaranteed three of them probably represent 75% of your revenue. So just stick with those. And we usually do this because we think we've wrung out all of the value that we can generate. Like my market, I've tapped out my market. Yeah. Spent a lot of time in the fitness space. Like I've tapped out my market. Guaranteed, you probably have not talked to every person within 10 miles of wherever you are. And certainly if you're remote, you have not exhausted the general population at this point. So you know what I mean? And I, I think we're very quick when we start to see uh, growth slow, we think that there's a problem. And so we have to kind of add something new. And really that's just a, a time for optimization. So if you're an existing business, you have to be really diligent about what products you have, what's actually driving value, what's driving margin. And then sometimes it, it, it actually is addition by subtraction. You have to cut the things that aren't working and go harder into the things that are. I love it. What's the, I don't want to say the worst experience you've had, but what's the worst thing that you've seen a business owner do when it comes to building their business? Expand too fast. And I will say the, the business owner, <laughs> I started our business and at the time, complete transparency, uh, felt like for me was building the biggest business I could. And it was quite frankly, satisfying my ego. I needed at that time to fill the idea of having something to demonstrate how successful I could be. And I opened one location. I was halfway decent at it, but the reality is it still required my time and my invest investment and my involvement and things like that. I was, I was the business at the time, but I went, look, we're making, I mean, we we're making six figures at the time. So I was like, if I can make a hundred grand off of one location, if I go to five, I'll make 500 grand. Yep. What you, what happened was we went from one to two and two, two stores or two clubs basically made the same amount of money. Then we went to three. We were still making about the same amount of money because my, my attention was split. Revenue growth was slower. Uh, we had to hire more to kind of fill in the holes that, that, ex, that, uh, uh, that started to, to show themselves. And then the biggest mistake I made was I went out and bought out another owner. So I bought two clubs all at the same time. And it was the worst decision I made financially. We used, we used debt to, to buy the business and my $100,000 cash flow probably went down to 10 grand uh, within a matter of about 18 months. Oh, how, how often do you see ego play a part in, in a business owner being in their own way? Uh, I don't know how you feel about this, uh, Kyle, but over the last 10 plus years of my, I'm in, I'm just turned 40. So, you know, kind of from my mid twenties to now, I used to think that skills were the, the way that you win the game. What do I need to know? How smart am I? Things like that. And the longer I've gone, the more I believe that characteristics and, and character traits are actually the determinant long-term of how successful you're going to be. So if you are ego-driven, and that is the motivation, it's going to steer you down paths that you probably should go down. So to answer the question explicitly, I think it's more common than not that 
the reason that people are motivated is, I mean, it's the same reason, like, why do you buy, why do you buy a flashy car? Yeah. For you. And because it has a specific you know, utility to you, are you doing it because it says something about you to the outside world? That's As really the good. former owner of a BMW M4 in my twenties, I will tell you at the time it was, I want to look a certain way, had nothing to do with the car. And I think the more you can be realistic about, or honest with yourself about what your motivations are, uh, I think the more successful you'll be long-term because those uh, misalignments will, will end up showing themselves uh, and they just grow over time. The yeah. impact that they have. That's, that's a really good way to put it. It's, you know, you see so many people, especially when you start running with these more in these circles of more and more quote unquote successful people, ego shines through a lot and we may not even realize it, right? Like we're just kind of mirroring the successful people that we see around us. And a lot of that does involve big egos, but to the outside world, it's easy to get misaligned. And I can speak from experience on that too. I've had that discussion with myself internally in the past couple of weeks. So it's awesome that you, you said that. That was good. Um, well, we're coming up on, on the end. God, that went quick. We're going to have to make this a multi-part, uh, multi-part series, Tim. I, I like having you on. This is good. Oh, happy um, to come back anytime. Yeah, th- we're going to definitely do that. Where can you be found at? Uh, website, Tim Calise, T-I-M-C-A-L-I-S-E.com. Uh, if you've gotten any value out of, uh, out of anything today, uh, I have an inside, an inner circle, uh, my VIP group, which I drop information, uh, and knowledge and tips and tricks, uh, all week long. So make sure you get on that. And then Instagram and LinkedIn are, uh, best places to find me T-I-M-C-A-L-I-S-E. So. Uh, and again, for anyone who's listening to this, if you message me, Kyle, on any social platform, uh, I'm going to drop that uh, revenue expander model that I built uh, just for for your audience. So uh, I monitor my own my own social channel. So uh, go to any of those, find me, and message me, Kyle, and I will send that over to you uh, for your you know for for your audience. Awesome, uh, I appreciate that, and believe me, <laughs> there's tons of value dropped in this episode. So it was good. So. Guys, I will see you next week. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Slaying the Sale. Thanks for joining us this week on Slaying the Sale. If you're interested in knowing more about Kyle, make sure you head over to his website, theslaymakermethod.com, and pick up a copy of his best-selling books. Then head to Facebook to join his private group, Slaymaker Sales Mastery, to become the number one salesperson in your company. And until next time, remember to keep slaying the sale.